Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Friends, greetings from Richardson, Texas, and St. Barnabas Presbyterian Church. It's a pleasure to be with you in worship today. When I look at this manger scene, I can't help but be drawn towards the shepherds. Shepherds who just hours before were minding their own business, and yet here they are sitting at the foot of a king. What a bizarre and extraordinary scene that must have been for them. When I think about where kings usually reside, I can't help but think about throne rooms. And if you think about throne rooms, either fictional ones like in Narnia or Game of Thrones or, or real ones like the Roman Empire or, or medieval Europe, they're all kind of designed the same, aren't they? They're long and have decorations of gold and jewels and, and the, the king is elevated up on a platform on a dais and they're surrounded by guards. Those rooms are designed to ooze power and authority to make sure that anyone who walks into them knows exactly who's in charge. That sort of room, I would imagine, is not one that a shepherd would ordinarily be invited into. And yet here's a group of shepherds coming to the foot of the king of kings, the lord of lords. Not only have they been invited in, but I think this scene would tell them everything they needed to know about who this Jesus would grow up to be. A Jesus who would reign not with worldly power, not with military might or, or massive financial power, but with peace and hope and joy. That this would be a king whose, whose goal was not to serve those most powerful, but those on society's margins. The poor and the widowed and the, the hungry and the sick. I would imagine this scene would tell those shepherds that this was a king they wanted to follow. A king that had good news for them and for all the world. Merry Christmas, friends. Take good care. Village Prez, Merry Christmas. My name is Sarah R. I am the Associate Pastor for Youth and Young Adults at Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas. I also am the proud and grateful daughter of Tom and Carol R. And at Christmas, anybody and everybody wants to be home for the holidays. And you all have been my home for so long, so it's great to be with you. I wanted to take a second today to look and talk about the Magi to imagine what lesson we might learn from them this year. So I have here my nativity set of Mary and Joseph, the baby, and these three mysterious magi characters. They all bring a gift. They all are dressed a little nicely. And so as I was digging into the text into Matthew chapter two, I was reminded that there's a surprising amount that we don't know about the magi. We don't know their names, that has been added in over time. We don't know exactly where they came from. 
Scripture says they come from the east, but the east is a pretty big category, so we're not exactly sure where they're from. We have some questions about what it means to be a Magi. Scholars seem to think that being a Magi in that time meant you were a dream interpreter. You could, it was a political advisor. They were astrologers. It was a whole combination of skills and tasks. And we don't really have a job description for astrologers and political advisors and dream interpreters in 2020. So we call them Magi. It's the best we have. And they were not kings, but they had some clout in society. They were wise. And so it was no small deal that they were at the manger. The last thing that we don't know that amazes me is we don't actually know how long they walked. It says they came from the east. It says they followed a star. And we know that at some point they made it to Mary and Joseph and the baby, but it might have been hours after the birth or it might have been weeks after the birth. The text doesn't tell us. And that's amazing to me because it seems to imply that these magi walked probably for a long time without being entirely certain when they would get where they were hoping to go. Friends, the year 2020 has been a hard one. And I think for many of us, it has felt like we are walking and we're not exactly sure when we're gonna get where we're hoping to go. And so in this year of waiting and unrest, I think we could learn a lesson from the Magi. I think we could remember that there is something brave and wonderful and having an audacious hope. I think we could remember to look up at the stars from time to time because we might see God there. I think we could remember that sometimes the journey of faith means we just keep walking and we trust that God will reveal God's self along the way. And I think we could remember that we don't walk alone. They had each other. We have each other. One day we will get where we're hoping to go. May it be so. And Merry Christmas. I'm glad you're here. I want you to see this. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The older I get, the more I love that old carol. Maybe it's because I've actually been there to Bethlehem and can imagine the humanness of this story. But there's an oddity to this story. What's odd about it is, given how important this birth actually is, the scriptures say that those who are represented here in this manger scene, the, these are the only folks on earth who even paid attention, who even noticed. Well, heaven, on the other hand, is having a party because the whole of the heavenly hosts recognize that the love of God has taken on skin, and so they know that God is, can't bear to be away from God's own creation God's love just can't bear to be away. But most of, most of the world, well, 
didn't even notice. It should give us pause that that which all of heaven celebrates, we ignore. It was, we were too busy, I suppose, with what, I don't know, whatever it is that consumes us when we don't have time to pay attention to God. The way the story says it, there was no room for them in the end. No room for them in the end. Actually, just no room for them in the world. I find that shocking every time we return to this story. I, I find it shocking, but I doubt it would have surprised Jesus at all had later in his life Mary brought out the baby book and showed him the pictures of his early nights resting in a manger with animals nudging him one way or another as they try to get a little straw to eat. You would think the world would want to take care of every baby, but especially this baby, for this is the love of God that has come to us. Knowing that this is how holy love is treated in this world, we couldn't blame God if God decided, well, we could call the whole thing off. Just forget about it. God could cut God's losses and move on. But evidently, God can't stay away, can't bear to be away. It's the thing about love is it, it doesn't let go very easily. He was born because God loves the world. God loves you. And I, I guess when you love like that, you just take your place in the manger and you wait to see who might notice. He was willing to take any place that the world would allow, and the, those early nights it was a manger, and the only folks who noticed were some confused and no doubt terrified parents, some shepherds who names we don't even know, strange magi who show up with very impractical gifts. That's about all that paid attention in this world. So imagine how much joy it gives them today for you to pay attention, for you to make some room for him. I, I would say in your heart, that's the way we say it, we make room for him in our hearts, but a, a more concrete, make room for him to shape your choices. Make room for him to show up in your relationships, for the love that is proclaimed here to guide your interaction with the world. We hear the Christmas angel, the great glad tidings tell Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. It sounds like a prayer, but it's not one you need to pray, actually, for he has come, and he does abide with us. Most of the world missed it, so I'm so glad that you're here to see it. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.